Hey there, and welcome to the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. I'm your host, Marley Sievers. With four years of high school coaching experience, six years of experience as an instructor and choreographer for the National Cheerleaders Association, and over a decade in the cheerleading industry, join me as we navigate through the world of high school coaching together. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by the Cheer Coach Planner. Are you ready to replace your bulky coach binder? If so, then you should check out the Cheer Coach Planner. Designed specifically for cheerleading coaches, the Cheer Coach Planner helps you to simplify the administrative side of coaching through the use of planning and organization. Inside, you'll find over 250 pages, including 12 undated monthly calendars, daily life and practice planners, a team section full of forms to help you keep track of everything specific to your team, like rosters, absences, and athlete profiles, and a season section full of forms to help you keep track of everything related to your season, like tryouts, fundraising, game days, pep rallies, and competitions. With a physical planner, digital planner options, and new planners for your captains, you're bound to find an option that works for you. Check them out at cheercoachplanner.com or visit the link in my show notes. The Cheer Coach Planner, your season, your plan. Welcome back to another episode. This week, I had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with an incredible coach. Some of you may already know her. Her name is Claudia Ralph, and she is so involved in cheerleading. For starters, she's the head coach over at Princeton University and is also actively the head marketing coach over at CheerFit. She's going to give you some more of her credentials here soon, but I just wanted to give a short introduction and just say I had such a great time chatting with her about all things cheerleading and all things coaching. And I learned a lot. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and have you introduce yourself and your experience in cheerleading and coaching. Awesome. So obviously my name is Claudia Ralph. I was a cheerleader for 14 years. I started cheering at the recreation level when I was in third grade and I wrapped it up um, at the division one level uh, where I graduated in 2020 from Seton Hall. Um, after college, I pursued my master's degree and that's where I began my coaching career. At the same time, I coached a high school team in New Jersey for two awesome years. So the 2020, 2021 season, and then this season that just passed, um, in my second year of coaching, I was hired as the head coach at Princeton university for their cheerleading program. Um, but growing up, I always had a knack for coaching, I was the underclassman captain of my college team my sophomore year, and my senior year, I was the only senior um, on my college team. And of course, I was, you know, the captain of my high school varsity team and all of that stuff that you would expect from somebody bubbly with tons of cheer experience. Um, But I've worked, you know, with teams during my time in college on choreography and stunt camps and everything. So I really do, you know, love coaching and it's been something that I've always desired to pursue after college. Nice. It sounds like you have a lot of leadership experience as well. So that's really awesome. Yeah. What do you think are the key skills to have when working as a coach? So I think that there are three primary things that as a coach you can do to be effective. So first is to be organized. 
I have a planner that's, you know, this thick. It's actually called the cheer coach planner, ironically enough. Um, but it is incredibly organized and planned out to the day, to the time, all that stuff. Um, and then second is it is an unwavering sense of self and, you know, sh- being strong in your beliefs. Don't let people sway your opinions. Obviously, learning is a different kind of process as a coach and to expand your knowledge and everything, but don't, you know, not letting people really sway you and being really true to yourself and your coaching and both in your personality and in your coaching. And the last is honesty. I think that always being honest with yourself and with your athletes and those around you is integral to coaching success. That's awesome. I actually just ordered my chair coach planner. So it's on the way. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh. I got a new, I got a new one. I'm in South Carolina and I live in New Jersey, but I know that mine is actually like next year's is waiting in my house for me. I'm so excited. So excited. Well, that's awesome. I really like what you said about being true to yourself too, and never letting that waver. So thank you for sharing. What is your favorite thing about coaching and what really got you involved in it? I really was looking for something to do when I got my MBA. I was a full-time MBA student when I got my MBA and it was also COVID. So I graduated college in 2020 and I'm sure we'll get into that more um, of my journey cheering, but I needed something to do in my spare time. And our college coach at Seton Hall said, you know, there's a job opening in the area if anybody's interested. So I kind of just went out on a whim and applied. Um, but since COVID kind of ended my cheer career prematurely, I would say like probably a few weeks prematurely, but um, I really wanted to find something that would keep me connected to my love for cheerleading and my roots in cheerleading. And this was, you know, the perfect way I would say my favorite thing about coaching is to just be around the sport and to be around the athletes. It makes me feel like I'm, you know, my first day of third grade cheer again. And, you know, I'm so excited to do thigh stand. So every day is like that for me. That's awesome. What's the best experience you've had as a coach? So I think I have two pretty distinct, I would say like one for high school and for college, but the first is, um, at the high, the high school team I coach, we actually started doing their own senior night, which is just the showcase before we attend the state championship. And I feel like both years, that was just such a great memory for me. Um, cheerleading typically doesn't get the respect that other sports get, I'm sure you know, and I'm sure many of the people that listen will resonate with that. Um, but to have them have their own moment and to show that cheerleading can really exist independently without football or without basketball or without wrestling or whatever sport you cheer at is something that know I'm really proud of because I was able to really elevate that program to have that kind of visibility. And then the second was in March uh, for Princeton, we traveled to Bloomington, Indiana to attend the women's NCAA basketball tournament. And we were in an 11-6 or yeah, an 11-6 matchup with Kentucky um, of all teams you could go for your first coaching experience up against in terms of cheerleading. Of course, Kentucky um, has always been, you know, program that as a cheerleader, you have to admire and you have to really respect. Um, We ended up beating them, um, which was so cool to, you know, see little Princeton finally put themselves on the map in sports. And then we drew our second opponent, which was Indiana, the gold standard of cheerleading that weekend. But it was just such a great experience to meet those coaches and really, you know, talk to them. And they were, they, their cheerleaders were so gracious and nice and happy that we could all take the court together. And that is just something, you know, that I will always remember for my first year of coaching college cheer. That's awesome. I really like, I feel like coaching and cheerleading in general just creates like networking opportunities as well. So I'm sure meeting those coaches was a great experience. Yeah. What has been your most challenging experience as a coach? I think that realizing that not every person you're going to come across, whether it be an athlete, a parent, 
an administrator is not going to have the same mentality as you. For me, mostly athletes, I really struggle with, you know, not every athlete is going to be you. Not every high school athlete is going to be you when you were 15, when you were 16, where you didn't want to go to the party because you want, you had a competition the next day or you were willing to give up going to your prom because you were going to Worlds and stuff like that. Those are things that, you know, in my first few months of coaching, I really struggled with, you know, I ate, slept and breathed cheerleading and reminding yourself that that is not something that everybody and every athlete that you encounter is feeling is something that, you know, it kind of brings you back down to earth a little bit, but it's also, it's a great, you know, learning experience to how to bring those kids onto the bandwagon with you like that. Awesome. I agree. What do you think you can attribute to success in coaching? I really think it's just my love for cheerleading. I really do love cheerleading. I love watching cheerleading. I could go to competitions when it was NCAA nationals. I walked around my laptop all day, took it. So I didn't go to the gym. I put my computer up to the treadmill. I literally was like watching so happy, so excited to be watching all day. Um, but also like it shows just in all the sacrifices I made growing up in cheer and especially in college, you know, you sacrifice a lot. Um, even at the smallest schools to cheer in college, those are things like you miss out on formals and date parties and, you know, those great memories that people have in college. Um, but I never got sick of cheerleading ever. I'm not sick of it now. I want my love to, for cheer to be a model for each athlete I coach. And then the second thing I will say is that my attention to detail and honesty are just part of what makes any coach successful, but especially myself. I don't sugarcoat things. I don't say something's good if it's not. Um, I'm very direct about what I need out of you in that moment. And, you know, being able to pick out such small details is something that can just be a huge difference maker in a routine, just in general, to just be like, something's not right. Something's not right. And to be able to kind of put your finger on that as a coach is something that's so important. And that just comes from years and years of watching and being in the sport. Right. I definitely think that being, being open and honest and transparent with your athletes and parents and anybody involved in the program is definitely a key skill too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. What is the best piece of advice you have been given? So I think the best piece of advice, I actually was toying with what this was going to be, but um, I realized that I talked about this on my Instagram a few weeks ago and that the best piece of advice I ever got, and this can totally sound the wrong way, but I'll explain it, is to work smart, not hard. I don't think that means that you should be lazy and you should take the easy way out all the time, but you should be purposeful and effective in everything you do to not make more work for yourself or others, even if it's just the way you roll out the mats at practice. Like you shouldn't, you know, do every single mat and then every single piece of tape, like you should be, you know, having things moving at the same time and all that stuff that just, you know, one example, or when you're trying to just like even do menial tasks in life to be organized and make it easier for yourself. Those are things that you can maximize your time and your results by working smarter Um, And as cheerleaders, you know, there's a lot of menial tasks and attention to detail, but you want to make sure that you're doing those things in the smartest way possible. Awesome. I love that. What advice would you give to someone who's just starting their coaching career? So even though I'm just starting my coaching career, really, I feel like I've, I feel like I've been doing this forever, but I know I'm still just starting. I have a lot of things to learn, but I would say that learn as much as you can from people you admire, pick their brains, pick a role model who, you know, has a lot of cheerleading experience and who's willing to always answer your questions. Who's always, you know, willing to feel that text or that phone call from you about what should I do? I'm in a sticky situation with a parent or, you know, what do you, what, what do you think I should do? People love to give advice. They love to talk about things. 
they're never going to, people are probably never going to say no to you if you just ask for advice and you love to learn from them. And the other thing is to just recognize that not every single parent, not every single athlete, not every single administrator is going to like you. Um, no matter how nice, how mean, how positive, happy, tough, whatever you are, you are not going to be liked 100% of the time because you don't like everybody in your life. There are people that aren't your cup of tea, so you won't be other people's cup of tea. So don't waste your time trying to please everybody. Do what's best for yourself and what's best for your team. And in the long run, you will serve the people that want to be served by you. I love that so much. That's like a life advice that you're giving to you. Great. <laughs> what lessons do you hope that your former athletes received during their time in your program? So there are definitely two lessons that I would really hope that every athlete that I've, you know, touched their lives learns. And first is to always put your best foot forward, even if you don't think you'll succeed to always just try your hardest and to give it your effort. Um, just think about like a tumbling pass, for example, if you're, you know, just learning how to tuck and you bail halfway through the tuck, you're going to get hurt. If you go into the skill, not knowing that you're not going to do it, the chances you're going to get hurt are significantly higher. So if you don't put your best foot forward and you don't give it full effort, even if you're scared or nervous or timid, the chances that you will fail are so much higher and you won't get that result you're looking for. And so the second thing is to earn respect from others. You must respect yourself first, always carrying yourself with integrity and intensity that, you know, people just can't ignore about you to know that you are passionate about everything you do, because if you don't respect yourself, then the people around you won't respect what you're doing. And I think for cheerleaders, there's just this never ending struggle with getting respect from those around you. And when you respect yourself and, you know, you respect your teammates and your team respects themselves and your coach respects himself, that cannot be ignored by people. And that's something that I think will, you know, help the reputation of any program that you touch going forward. Awesome. I love that. So you are obviously in New Jersey. What is cheerleading there like? Like what sets it apart and how many routines would you compete in at like a high school or college level? Yeah, so cheerleading in New Jersey is very interesting. Unlike our counterparts in New York, they do UCA all the way. They use UCA for everything. New Jersey is kind of like this hybrid between NCA and UCA, much to many people's dismay, probably including mine as well. Now that I don't coach high school cheer anymore, I can really like get down to the nitty gritty here. Um, it's like this weird hybrid score sheet. So there's like the you're going to get like the crowd leading signs NCA or UCA super clean, full up, like full up, come down, you know, pop off, um, yellow colors, spell and all that. And then you're going to get those like NCA cheers where they're like doing the full pyramid during the cheer, um, which is crazy. Um, and I didn't never really did NCA. So it's kind of interesting to see this like little hybrid exist. And then there's also these all music routines that exist. It's a lot of divisions um, that are just a full, they're like an all-star routine basically, but they're high school cheerleading. Um, and then game day also exists as well. So I would say the teams that I typically coach would enter, um, we'd have varsity JV and they would enter that traditional cheer dance um, division, like super UCA, super clean, like collegiate looking. Um, those are kind of, that's just kind of more of my style. 
Um, or they would compete in a game day routine, which again, super UCA um, to be doing game day cheer. But that's kind of what it is. It's a very like odd kind of crossover. Um, most college teams in New Jersey, I would say are UCA for the most part, or have use if they don't compete, they're UCA leaning. Um, the college I went to in New Jersey, Seton Hall, it was just more UCA leaning. Our coaches um, just came from that environment. Rutgers, obviously, great example. Monmouth, Rowan, all those schools. Um, there are a few NCIRs in there, but um, I would say it's pretty much super clean. They really like love clean skills. And we have great, some of the most like storied programs um, in both NCA and UCA come from New Jersey. Um, Team Burlington, obviously, um, is the one that really comes to mind. St. John Vianney on the NCA side. Um, So we get to see, you know, a lot of these like legends kind of come to life in New Jersey, which is a really cool experience for high school cheerleaders. That's awesome. It sounds really diverse and like you get to to say the least. It's it's definitely coming around. Um, They just adopted AccuScore this year, which is like the score check, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's new and very, very, very cool. And honestly, I feel like it adds a lot of transparency to the industry that is so desperately needed. Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of coaches will agree. Yeah. That's awesome. How would you describe your team culture? I think my team culture, it's so interesting since I coached like two different teams this year, it's so interesting to see like the two different cultures that kind of emerged they were similar in some ways um but I will say like down to the core there's just a lot of accountability from myself and I really encourage you to hold your teammates accountable you know if you're not going to obey the team rules not necessarily you know ratting them out or anything um but definitely you know keeping each other in line and making sure everybody's on task and there's obviously you know there's fun to be had in cheerleading you don't want it to be a super like quiet environment um that's not not what cheerleading is supposed to be at its core you want it to be fun and you want you know teams that have fun you can tell when they're on the mat or when they're on the sidelines that they genuinely love each other and they have fun so I really try to foster a strong team environment so they're not only friends you know in the gym but they're also you know they're getting lunch on campus together or you know they're getting ready before the game on Friday night and stuff like that just I would say the teams I coach they're very accountable for their actions and the actions of their teammates. They really do. They get serious, but they, we have moments of fun and where we laugh. Sometimes we goof around a little bit, we ran back in. Um, and they also are really friends. And I try to foster, you know, the environment of, you know, you care about each other, you love each other um, and stuff like that. Awesome. I love it. What has been your greatest achievement, both as an athlete and a coach? So athlete is an easy one. I actually transferred colleges um, between my sophomore and junior year. I went to um, a really small division three school and I transferred to a bigger division one school. Um, But I really faced some extremely unfortunate circumstances that led me to transfer. And I somehow junior year came up to, you know, walked up to the tryout, made the fall, made the team at the fall tryout, which is you know, kind of crazy considering I remember like being in the warm room and I, or the trial room, I think that there were like 65 people trying out for like, I think there were six of us that made the team that were rookies that year. And like, I absolutely was the only junior. Um, and I probably would, you know, see why people would not want to take a junior when they transfer. 
um, especially from another college program. Um, but it really just solidified to me that I really did work hard enough um, my, as my time as an athlete um, and that all, you know, the things I'd went through. I went to NCA in 2018 before I transferred. It was like a really like harrowing, awful experience. I hated it every single second of going to Daytona. I really didn't like it. Um, but it really just proved to me that I could like rise above, you know, those kinds of circumstances as an athlete and perform when I needed to, you know, really set myself apart. And then I would say as a coach, um, I don't really have a specific moment that I would say is my greatest achievement, a moment in time. Um, but I really am just proud to champion cheerleading for, of course, for our male athletes, but also for our female athletes that I feel like really get pushed to the wayside a lot of the time. I'm still young and I'm sure my greatest achievement in coaching hasn't happened yet, but to really just have people be mindful that, you know, these are kids, these are athletes, they work really, really hard and they deserve the opportunities that all of our other sports get. And they deserve to, you know, have consistent gym time and consistent gym space and, you know, have a place where people think of them and they're not just kind of thrown off to the wayside. Um, really just having those difficult conversations with people um, behind the scenes is something that I believe as a coach can always be your greatest achievement to champion what's best for your program and, you know, always leaving the place better than you found it um, as a coach is just something that I will always be proud of myself for doing. That's awesome. I really like that. Let's talk about cheer fit. Like, what do you do with them? What is your role? What is it? Like, let's talk about it. Okay. So I have two primary roles at CheerFit, but it's important to know the backstory of CheerFit. So when I was in high school, um, we had the high school program I was in, it was very up and coming. It ended up being really good by the time I left, but my freshman year was a little rocky. Um, but Danielle came, somebody found Danielle and out of the woodwork and, you know, pulled her into our team's environment to be our trainer and to give us workout plans in the off season. High school cheer in New Jersey has really evolved. We used to have literally two weeks off, which I don't know what, what off season we were training with her in, but we used to literally have like two weeks where we didn't cheer at all. Um, and then we do these workouts. So Danielle would come like every month, whatever. And I just kind of kept in touch with her. And when I was in college, I was an intern. And then when I got my MBA, I needed a really like flexible job, obviously, to be living the lifestyle I live coaching demands your time 24 seven. I'm always doing something that's related to coaching. So Danielle reached out to me and wanted to know if I was interested in pursuing a role with CheerFit. And it was a great, you know, fit and natural progression for the relationship of Danielle and I to move into more of a supportive role to, you know, her company. And that has really, you know, blossomed into not only a great relationship, but also a friendship between Danielle and myself as well. But I also do serve as now their head marketing coach, which is, I just kind of run the social media, the marketing vision, all of that stuff for Danielle. She tells me the vision I execute. And then I also am transitioning into the role of being their head instructor trainer. So anybody that's interested in becoming CheerFit certified and signs up for the certification, um, I ultimately will be the one that trains them in the certification. I've been certified for, I would say about almost two years now. Um, but I grew up doing the workouts in high school. And like I said, she was our trainer. So, you know, there's nobody that's done it longer than I have besides Danielle. So that's kind of my role there. I take, you know, that twofold approach with them. 
That's awesome. That sounds super cool. I've been like watching everything on Instagram and like just very interested and intrigued by it. So yeah, there's a cool, they, she has a really cool thing going on over there and she's launching all sorts of cool stuff and resources for coaches as well, you know, to really be able to empower their teams. It's one less thing you have to worry about, you know, in terms of coaching. That's awesome. And then what is Rara routines? That's where you choreograph or yeah, so that's Rara Routines is an independent like routine consulting and you know train cheerleading training um, company. I also worked with Christina in high school. She choreographed my junior year and senior year routines. Again, we found her. Um, she came in and she was just somebody that I always also kept in touch with. I love cheerleading and you know being in college is a very like demanding schedule. But since I, when I transferred and I was, you know, local to the New Jersey area, I was able to choreograph routines and work stunt camps and all that stuff while I was still cheering in college, which was just a really great experience. So I do, you know, do some choreographing for them and stunt camps and cheer tryouts and other stuff. Um, but I'm really excited to, you know, do more routines this summer with her as well. Cause you know, when you're in the coaching off season, you can really pick up that kind of stuff too. Yeah. And so is that just New Jersey based then, or are they wanting? Um, I think that she, she does, she goes beyond New Jersey. Definitely. Most of the jobs that I work are obviously, you know, local to New Jersey, but she has choreographed teams, you know, near far and wide as well. Very cool. My last question that I have for you is what's your why and why do you do what you do? My why is, you know, I, I love cheerleading. I feel like that is really, you know, what it comes down to. If you don't love what you're teaching every day and you don't love what you're doing in the gym every day, you you don't get the same experience from a coach that doesn't have that why and that passion and that drive to also have you succeed as well. I also just love watching my athletes succeed to know that you gave, you know, your tools in the toolbox to them to achieve their goals and their dreams. And, you know, a kid that could never even imagine doing back handspring is doing a standing tuck and they're elated. And that's, you know, seeing those achievements and that sparkle in their eyes every day is, um, is something that I really do just love. And I did share this story with, you know, my team. Uh, I think that we were having, you know, Thanksgiving morning breakfast because the high school team I coach plays Thanksgiving game, which is also, you know, a great experience to, you know, cultivate that family environment. But I said to them, you know, they asked why everybody was thankful for everything. And I went last and I, you know, stood up and said, you know, for my cheerleading experience to get cut short the way it did, the only way that I could really, you know, feel the same love for cheerleading again was to watch the love of the sport through your guys's eyes. And I'm so lucky to be in the gym every day with you guys and watch, you know, your love grow as you achieve new skills and, you know, you conquer new, new things that you never thought you'd be able to achieve. So I feel like as a coach, your why should always be because you love cheer. But for me personally, it's also because I'm passionate about watching the athletes I coach succeed as well. Oh, that's amazing. That just like made my heart so warm. I feel like a lot of coaches are going to resonate with that, especially because like for myself personally, I love the character building and I love watching them succeed as as well. So, yeah, it's not always just about, you know, the skills and the, and the full up and the standing talk and all that stuff. That stuff is great, but you know, to watch a kid really like blossom into the person that they're meant to be and to find confidence and be able to be in front of a crowd and to, you know, speak up for themselves and all that stuff. You know, you see the little shy girl in the corner at the beginning of the season 
Um, and to see, you know, those athletes grow so much by the end of the season is something that I know as coaches, every coach, you know, feels really good to watch, you know, them as a coach, be able to empower an athlete to really be themselves and to be confident. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Claudia. It's been awesome having you here on the podcast. And is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up here? No, I think that I will, I will just share my Instagram handle in case anybody wants to connect. I love talking to coaches and I love, you know, hearing about experiences and everything. And always feel free if you're a young coach to ask me questions. My Instagram is at coach Claudia.ralph. So my first name and my last name and anytime anybody, you know, wants advice or anything, I would love to, you know, share that with you and, you know, just keep connected with coaches in the, in the industry and, you know, learn from each other and, you know, be the best coaches we could be for the athletes we serve. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. To be notified when another episode is posted, visit the link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter. Don't forget to follow the Life of a Cheerleading Coach on Instagram and Facebook, and be sure to click the listener support button on my anchor page. To be featured in the next episode, use the link in the show notes to leave me a voice message. Thanks again for listening and go make a difference.